after these messages will be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors Hello, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. We're going to be talking about TV commercials tonight, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. I look in the mirror and (laughs) I don't even see myself anymore. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Vives. Hello. Coming up today on the show, I will now gesture towards you. <laughs> um, commercials. It's Halloween time. That means um, there's a lot of candy, there's a lot of costumes, and there's also some scary commercials. A lot of scary commercials. You put together a list of commercials that actually put the fear in me. Yeah, some of these are too scary. In fact, yes. I would say that most of these are not really Halloween themed, and, and most of them are, are not even really running right now, but there have been a... A few commercials over the years that I think may have uh, overshot a little bit in how terrifying they are. They are terrifying for a whole range of things from public service announcements to products that don't have anything to do with horror. Um, So we'll get into that. Plus a really exciting um, ad council segment tonight. One thing I've been working on is um, their is this video that's been making the round, somebody examining an old commercial for an almost defunct like fast food chain that was around in, mostly in the 1990s. And um, one of our listeners watched the video about that commercial, which inspired a jingle. It's like, it's all these things. It's like a commercials in the news meets nostalgia meets jingle time. It's got, it's got everything. It's got everything. It's got everything. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into that. Plus a lot of other just great, I, I've been going through my files. I don't know how this happened. We had a whole bunch of good voicemails that, I keep on skipping somehow. I didn't realize we had so well, many we, voicemails that we've been skipping. We tend to run long and we leave those for the end. So I think a few of them have kind of ended up in the next week file. All right. Well, we're going to have to um, remedy that tonight because there's a lot of really good stuff in there. First, though, let's get into some scary pants. What? Scary but fun. Take a chance. Vives. What is this song? It's Grace Jones. Scary but fun. Wow. I've never heard this before. It's not, it, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. <laughs> I was under deadline. I really enjoy picking a um, <laughs> like a little musical button at the top of the show that will uh, delight you. I like it when I can make you laugh because you don't preview them before the show. Um I feel like if I had another hour or two, I could have found maybe a more appropriate song. Well, but... I'm just impressed that you like just didn't punt and go with Thriller or something. Right. Well, I almost went with Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, but that's become <laughs> such a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of everybody's go-to now that I wanted to do something a little bit different. I figured... Is Werewolf Bar Mitzvah everyone's go-to? Yeah, like I see a lot of it. On, I, I think so, yeah. Is it? Or is it just in the, the rarefied air in which we travel? <laughs> maybe it's in that rarefied air. Yeah. Well, anyway... Um, this actually, this idea, I can't take credit for it. I was actually sort of chasing another idea when I saw this, uh, Facebook post from listener Corinne 
Um, and she put me on to this uh, this movie ad from uh, back in the, I think this is like an 80s movie. No, 1978, according oh, 78. to the That's link, right. Yeah. I, I actually should have remembered that. It's my birth year. Corinne writes uh, on, on Facebook, my spouse and I were just reminiscing about how much this TV ad for Magic, which is the name of this movie, scared us when we were kids. I read a rumor that the commercial got pulled due to complaints, but that could just be an urban legend. Anyone else remember movie trailers that scared the snot out of you? This is a scary movie trailer, and it's not really a trailer. It's it's really like a it's truly a commercial for a movie. Mm-hmm. We we tend to stay away from movie ads, um, just because I feel like they sort of occupy their own their own space, and yeah. particularly trailers are yeah. almost like little movies. We did do one episode about trailers, I believe, but it's a very different. Yeah, art. it's it's yeah. a different art, and but this is more of just like a television ad for this movie Magic, which I had never heard of. It's an all star cast. It's Anthony Hopkins. Uh, who's uh, who's the woman in uh, Bye Bye Birdie? God, how, and Margaret. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and Burgess Meredith. Yeah, who's that? Um, he's like, I think he was he in Rocky. Oh, okay, you yeah, Burgess Meredith. I was thinking Meredith Baxter Bernie. No, and he's then I a got man. all confused. Okay, gotcha. Um, anyway, anyway, they uh, list the stars at the end of this, I believe. So yeah. So anyway, he. It's it's a huge so it's a big movie and I think it was it was made by somebody kind of famous I can't remember who the director was, but I've never heard of it in my life. Me neither. Um, but apparently this ad really was terrifying. Now I did a little research and there's that is an urban legend that it was so scary that too many parents called and they had to yank it from running. Mm. Um, as far as I can tell, that didn't really happen, but. Because people remember seeing it more than once, so mm-hmm. it apparently it ran a little bit. But I don't know, like maybe they decided not to play it during certain kinds of shows. That goes sounds like it's the type of thing back in '78. I don't know what the media landscape was like back then, but it was harder to get earned media like that to have something that was so on the edge it would be controversial. Now you have ever you know some blogger right. writes about it. Everyone needs something to write about. Exactly. Yeah. So you know. On the other hand, it was also easier to shock people. Yes, that's true. So I'm going to just describe this ad. Um, it's for a movie about a it's called magic but it should be called like dummy or ventriloquism or something because mm-hmm. it's about a magician who spices up his act um by introducing a, ventrilo- a ventriloquist dummy into it uh, but then the dummy is an evil expression of his id and it takes over and starts killing everybody this sounds good i kind of want to watch it i know it's halloween it got mixed time. reviews yeah. yeah it got mixed reviews i think it's probably going to be pretty cheesy but anthony hopkins like i'd like to see this He's trying to do an American accent in it, which is one thing. And you know I'm a huge Meredith Baxter Bernie fan. Right. So. And I do think that in some ways will be disappointing for you. <laughs> um, th- th- this ad is great. It's just uh, a single shot of the dummy's face. Close and up. Close up. And the dummy is all, all the lines you're hearing are the dummy delivering them. Yes. With some facial expressions too, right? Like, yeah. And you know, I mean, ventriloquist dummies are inherently terrifying. Yes. Abracadabra, I sit on his knee. Presto, change and now he is me. Pocus, pocus, we take her to bed. Magic is free. We're dead. Josephine Levine presents Magic, a terrifying love story, starring Anthony Hopkins, Anne Margaret, and Burgess Meredith, rated R. Uh, the... The shot gets tighter and tighter and tighter yeah. on the face as it goes on. I can't really tell what it's saying most of the time. It's a poem, and it says, um, abracadabra, um, some, I forget now exactly, but she sa- he says, abracadabra, we take her to bed. 
abracadabra, now we're dead. Or... Okay. Is that like an old, some sort of a scary nursery rhyme? No, or is it made up for it, the movie? it's made up for the movie oh. because it's the plot of the movie. Oh, okay. He, he goes to bed with Anne Margaret and then... Um, Okay, don't, no spoilers. Okay, no sorry. spoilers. I, I already spoiled it for myself because I read the whole description okay. today on Wikipedia. Uh, that is terrifying. It is terrifying. I I think it's so funny that people... I have no memory. I mean, I was born the year this came out, so it wouldn't have been part of my uh, growing up anyway. But I do think it's so funny that like the biggest sort of legacy of this movie is not the movie itself, but this one crazy mm-hmm. ad. So I'm really glad that um, Karim brought it to my attention. And it made me think about other ads that are really too scary for what they're selling. I am loving the YouTube comments on this. Uh, one person says, I can't pronounce half of these online names, but one person says, that's actually Anthony Hopkins' That's pronounced voice. Surf Leopard. Surf Leopard. Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, Surf Leopard. I was seriously like, I don't know, Surfalpard. Surfalopard. Surfalopard. Surfalopard says. You know what? Watch me be wrong, and it is Surfalopard. <laughs> That's actually Anthony Hopkins' voice. He learned ventriloquism for the role. A dedicated pro. <laughs> I hope says Surfalopard. I hope Surfalopard uh, knows what they're talking. Yeah, about. I mean, I can't. You know, I'm not. I'm not stating that as a fact, but. Um, Somebody says, just uh, somebody who goes by just bidness says, to this day, I can walk up to my 55 year old sister and start off, abracadabra, I sit on his knee, presto changeo, and now he's me. And she'll start yelling, stop it, run away, actually getting real angry. So, I'm really happy that someone who's evidently in their 50s is using the internet name Just Bidness. Yeah, I know, me too. That I know. They're really living their best but life. But a lot of people are just like, yes, this was on as a kid <laughs> and I couldn't sleep. Um, somebody said the ad was more scary than the movie. Anyway, uh, that's really great. Thank you, Corinne, for sending that in. Yes. Um, so when you go looking for scary um, commercials, that's definitely the kind of thing there's a lot of top 10 lists on. Uh-huh, yeah. And a lot of them have the same, you know, there's there's sort of a, some, some usual suspects that make it into every list. This is one of them. This is for, um, well, you know, I almost hate to spoil it, except that we've talked about it before. Yeah, but it was a long time ago, so maybe don't spoil it. I think the first time you played this for me, this is tricky because it's a long commercial. It's 90 seconds long. It was mostly for the online viewers. Um but it's got a real twist at the end. And I think the first time we played this on the show, you didn't tell me what it was mm-hmm. until I watched it live with you. Well, it's great. It's definitely a riff on The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want me to start playing it underneath you since it's mostly like atmospheric noises? It's all atmospheric noise. So, yeah. So we start outside of a house with a light, kind of like the street light in Exorcist, but a light is shining out on what appears to be a priest. He comes inside this dark, silent house. Someone's... Uh, sort of praying quietly at the downstairs table. An old, an older woman lets him through the door, lets the priest through the door, and now she's leading him up the stairs. Everything's very grim. Now we start to hear some screaming through a through a closed door. Again, I almost feel like this is shot by shot Exorcist, although I haven't seen that in so long. I mean, it's invo- it's evoking it very powerfully. the The priest goes to the door trepidatiously. He opens it. And it's scary. You can hear the music cranking up. And there's the girl. Not in her bed. She's she's stuck to the ceiling. Exorcist style. Screaming. 
and being dragged back and forth across the ceiling by whatever demon has a hold of her. Now we pan up to the upstairs uh, apartment and there's an old woman cheerfully vacuuming with the dirt devil and the dirt devil is sucking the girl up. The suction is so powerful. And then it says, you know when it's the devil. <laughs> dirt devil. I, I love this ad. I had forgotten about it. We, we did talk about it several years ago mm-hmm. um, for a show about twist endings. And I, I, I love this ad, but I almost find it a little shocking. I, think it's a, I don't think it's an American ad. I kind of wonder if an ad like this could even get made in America because of the puritanical streak of American viewership. Well, I know that it aired somewhere on U.S. television. I did a little bit of looking. This ad is... At first, I didn't think it was a real ad. I thought this might have been something made on spec or made for fun by a filmmaker. And it is made and directed by a filmmaker, somebody named Andreas Roth, if I'm saying that name right. Uh, Andreas, maybe, Roth. And um, there is actually a website built for just this commercial, um, Dirt Devil, The Exorcist. But it's, it's never referred to as... A commercial. It's referred to mostly as a film. It actually even played at some sort of, I think, TED conference somewhere. So it was kind of like making the the short film circuit. But it was commissioned by Dirt Devil. And on the <laughs> website, it says it's like kind of a. It's kind of the website is built to show off the commercial and and probably get more work for this director. But it says that the challenge, you know, set forth by the company was introducing Dirt Devil. <laughs> I don't love this. Known as appealing to housewives to a new potential buyer, men. So the whole point of this commercial was what can we do to bring men into the vacuuming world? And <laughs> and they're like, well, men like horror. So it says we created an on- online viral that targets male horror fans and people who have a love for suspense, demonstrating that Dirt Devil vacuums are more powerful than others. And then they have a web. It's kind of like a um, it's almost like a deck they have here. Uh, they say that um, the result is instant Internet success. They got tons of views and hits across a whole bunch of uh, platforms. And then it says that, um, you know, it got thir- over 32 million views and then it does say it aired in tv shows in japan thailand france germany spain and the usa it was screened at the ted global conference in 2011 uh, show me how many vacuums you sold though like all of this is that's is all very interesting this is the filmmaker putting this thing together it's not a single vacuum sold exactly and and then there's a bunch of links to all the articles about this so it was a big deal but like this whole thing was you know is being presented from the as a as a short film yeah. and again it's only talking about impressions not like not conversions not yeah i also think if it's if they're trying to sell vacuums to men maybe show the person using the vacuum right. not being an elderly woman yep. yep yeah um like this just feels like somebody's art project it really does I mean, yeah i like it as an art project and, and that's why i thought oh this probably wasn't commissioned but after doing a little you know cursory look at this stuff it was actually uh, commissioned apparently andreas roth is mostly known as a music video director i was briefly on his uh, website but it seems like this is the thing that he's like most known for mm-hmm. so um anyway a little bit of background on that thing that's interesting i do think it's funny it just feels so reductive to be like, what do men like? Men like horror movies. Make a horror movie vacuum commercial. <laughs> like, I also think it's reductive to refer to oh, yeah, well, women yes. as housewives. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, 
Yes, that that should go without saying. Um, so this next one I had never seen before. We've never talked about it. Uh, it's this an is old too much PSA for me. from I honestly Australia. don't even know if I want to see it again after really? I put it in the show sheet. It's so awful. This article, I, this um, commercial has its own Wikipedia page, by the way. <laughs> it does. I went poking around. I wanted to know the that, origins of this thing. That tells you something about horror being used sort of unironically. I know there, I know it was a punchline in the last one, but it's up and right and up until the end, it's not ironic at all. It's just an exorcist, you know, take. Um, and I do think it's when that happens, it's it does really raise people's eyebrows, and it, mm-hmm. it generates this kind of like outside interest, so that you get these other media about it. So this is a PSA from the late eighties, mid to late eighties, nineteen eighty seven. Why don't I just give the damn year um, <laughs> from Australia? about the AIDS crisis. Yes, AIDS was um you know it was a really scary thing. Um it was it was much more rampant um and you can tell the level of I would say hysteria not not that AIDS not that yeah, not, not that, hysteria. Well, not confusion and not understanding exactly what people were up against, I think, right? Yeah, and I, I don't want to say hysteria in the sense that this is a um that this gives a bad message. It gives a good message. But the tone of this is so over the top, just so frightening that it feels to me in that way very dated. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't see us now. I can't see a public health. And I mean, Australia is a weird place. Yeah, so it's also Australia. It's, maybe this would never have happened in, a, in another country. I mean, you know, Australia and New Zealand, like, they do weird shit. Like, they did the porn stars coming to the people's house to tell them about consent. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, and what was the one that had, like, the, the landmines that blew people up? Oh, my God. Was that a parody, I though? I can't remember if that, that was, was a joke was a or fake. not. Yeah. But either way, um, you know, this is, the tone of this is so over-the-top horrifying that it feels, to me, counterproductive in a public health context. Mm -hmm. But why don't we go ahead and play it? Yeah, let me give a little bit more setup for it, though. Um, You're going to hear some voiceover over top of some very horrifying images, which I'll describe in a second. One thing that you'll hear at the beginning, too, is like, so this is 1987. Like, in the early 80s, people thought of AIDS as, like, a, a gay problem, right? right? For the gay community. The gay plague. And so you'll hear at the beginning, the, so what they're trying to and do And IV drug users. Right, dr- yes. And so what you're going to hear at the beginning is them setting the stage to say this affects all of us, which is a good message yes. that we all have to be careful. But the way it's said is kind of like, it's almost like dismissive. Like we used to not care about this because right. it was just for Cause gays. Because of, of people that which is we a didn't give a shit about. Unsettling, right? Yes. The way it's set, stated in here is not great. So That's I want to other thing. I want to acknowledge very, that. Other thing that feels front. very dated. But what the images are? Let me let me describe this. So you just see some sort of a, a scary kind of black and gray cloudy background, and then slowly you see from the top of the screen dangling feet, various you know various feet clothed you know with shoes and and pants and everything dangling down and they come further and further down and you eventually see full human bodies 10 of them and they're being lowered on some sort of a rack system right right and you're just like what saw movie crap is going on here and then they are set on the ground and we see a horrifying version of the grim reaper At 
first, only gays and IV drug users were being killed by AIDS. But now we know every one of us could be devastated by it. Now we start to see um, the faces of these people. We have little children. We have people from all walks of life. But what's weird is the uh, Grim Reaper picks up a big black ball, which we are now starting to realize is like a giant bowling ball. Yes. And rolls it and they, at the 10 people. Like the 10 people were lowered like bowling pins. Right. And set up like bowling pins. And it kind of the realization of what's going on kind of comes on slowly. But now we know every one of us could be devastated by it. The ball knocks over a bunch of people. The fact is, over 50,000 men, women, and children now, we now see their carry dead the bodies. AIDS virus. And now more people. in three people. years, nearly 2,000 of us will be dead. So they keep on lowering more and more people, and the Grim Reaper keeps mowing them all down. And this last one, he essentially got a spare. He got nine <laughs> people down, and there's one woman left holding her baby in arms. But if not stopped, she it goes could down. kill more Australians than World War II. But AIDS can be stopped and you can help stop it. Now we realize it's not just a Grim Reaper. It's a bunch of Grim it's Reapers. like a hundred Grim Reapers. All at a bowling alley. The a, scariest bowling the scariest alley you can imagine. possible bowling alley. You know what? I'm sorry. That was insensitive. Bowling center. <laughs> if you have sex, have just one safe partner or always use condoms. Always. Prevention is the only cure we got. And they give a phone number. I think hysteria is the right word for this yeah. ad. It is, and you're, I had forgotten that it opens with such a hateful message. Yeah. I mean, for, is it hateful think, or just tone deaf? I think it's honestly hateful. Yeah. I mean, if imagine something like that today. Like, you might think COVID only kills uh, poor people and black people, but guess what? It kills real people Look, here's too. Look, here's a white woman with her baby. Yeah, here's someone yeah. that you might actually a straight care woman about. With her baby or exactly. whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's horrifying, and like, it's it's actually like a huge indictment of how we treat sickness and death anyway, like generally. So this was controversial even in Australia. Uh, <laughs> even in Australia. <laughs> sorry, Australia. Um, they earned but it. But you, you know what we're talking about. Um, but it was, but it really did cause a stir, not just because of the, the frightening nature of it and them trying to shock people into paying attention, but because there's a lot of pushback because people said, wait, the Grim Reaper represents gay men here? And so that was like a big oh, controversy. That like people read that to be like, this is a bunch of like gay men spreading death spreading death i, I that's yeah. interesting i actually that wasn't my takeaway from it that my takeaway was that the grim reaper represented the the, the virus mm -hmm. um but also you could i mean it's i think they're missing the bigger point which is that the the very the text of the thing it's not even subtext it's the text mm -hmm. like you don't need to worry about this until it kills people who matter uh, oh, by the way, one person who pushed back on this was Ronald Penny, Australian immunologist who made the first diagnosis of HIV AIDS in Australia in 1982. Oh. And he thought that, um, he says, I, I don't know if this is a direct quote for him, but the downside was the Grim Reaper became identified with gay men rather than just being the Reaper. Uh, that was what we had unintentionally produced. So anyway, interesting. Yeah. And just terrifying. Just horrifying. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the visuals, and if you uh, if you are not a Facebook member of the Facebook group, uh, please join. Um, if you are, come and check out the visuals on these. The These are really um, 
astounding that, that these were ever aired. Now, this next one you have on the list, I had forgotten that I had seen this before. I don't know if we talked about it or not, but we definitely saw this at some point, or I certainly did. Um, it is more modern. I'm going to say more creepy. This one gets to me way, because that still seemed like a horror movie kind of thing. It's costumey. Yeah, this yeah. next one is just, it's more of like a modern horror feel. It is, yeah. I had not seen this before, um, and it's uh, it's a very distressing and disturbing set of images. Uh, and it's I, I will say that it is um, uh, it's for a surprising uh, it has a surprising message. Let's yes, say. this is a twist ending, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, what we see in this is a, a series of different children, and they are they see uh, somewhere in their lives on the playground in the car. Um, they see horrifying monsters. And these are, you know, and, and these are sort of typical, but very scary monsters, scary clowns, creatures in big masks, mm-hmm. like sort of whatever their person, it's almost implied, like whatever their personal demon might be, mm-hmm. the thing that scares them the most. And they seem to be seeing these monsters um, at all these places that they would just normally go in their lives yeah and it's a it's amazing the way it's set up it's like a little movie like the first 10 seconds you don't see the monsters you just see kids looking like kids walking down the street you sort you, you never see adults right but like you might see a, a little girl walking down the street and she's clearly holding hands with an adult but we don't see the adult the kids faces look somewhat forlorn or maybe dejected a little bit but then about 10 seconds in you see one of these somewhat sad but coping kids having um lunch with the parent and then for the first time we see the parent's face and it is a horrific like melty scary rabbit face yeah. sort of right and like the first time you see that it is so scary it's like Donnie Darko yes. or something but the little girl isn't like screaming at this person that she's having lunch with she's just sort of looking out the window and then from there on we see all these kids seeing more monsters amongst them little boy on the playground looking kind of nervous yeah so far it's just kids looking wary Oh, then we see the rabbit face. Now we see the kid on the playground see sort of a dark figure waving at him from behind the fence. Sort of like a zombie mother. Now one of these, uh, one of them is a scary clown. This guy's like an evil Santa. And this guy's like a like a robber. He's got like a sort of a. Like a pantyhose like a on his pantyhose head. Like a pantyhose on his Son, head. Son, you got but, a panty on your but head. But not funny. Not in the funny yeah. way. In the scary way. In fact, this is really scary because now we see that the guy with the pantyhose over his face is buckling the little boy into the back seat of the car. And he's like right in the kid's face. And the kid just is kind of looking down, like just kind of putting up with it. And then on the screen it says, how do our children see us? When we've been drinking, speak out. Help us change the way we behave. This is for a campaign called Fragile Childhood. It is terrifying. It really is. I think this is so effective. I mean, I you know I don't have kids, and I don't know what this would be like. How how a parent who is struggling with addiction might see it. Um, but as a as a disinterested observer, um, it seems really effective. Like something that might make you really think twice. 
Yeah, and I was poking around a little bit about this. Fragile Childhood is a um, uh, a group in Finland. It was established back in the mid-'80s as a resource for the children of alcoholic parents. And I was on um, a website for this actual campaign, and they turned some of the images from this commercial into posters, along with actual quotes from people who were children of alcoholics. For example, the, the scary image of the dad buckling up his kid in the back seat with the pantyhose over his head. Um, somebody says, I can remember learning in, in school not to drink and drive and then having to get in the car with my drunk dad after every family function. Another quote is, only at an adult age did I come to realize why Santa smelled funny. And there's a shot in here, a scary-ass shot of like a Santa-looking guy kind of struggling and roughly putting a jacket on a little girl, like kind of frustrated with her. Um, this one, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm not actually crying, but this one really got to me. For me, it took a long time to find out why I liked my mother more in the mornings instead of the evenings. Yeah. Like holistically, this campaign is really powerful last one i'll read here if your kid looks at you funny the next day and you forgot what you said to him kick the booze and love the kid so these are great really 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 powerful yeah i think that came out in the early 2000s or whatever that's worth well this is a campaign uh from a for a brand of uh flavored schnapps called mets i believe it's a uk brand it's not something i've Oh, you hadn't heard of it either, huh? No, although I feel like I feel like this ad campaign is slightly familiar, so I wonder if I've stumbled across it Mm. somewhere. I actually thought this might be sort of like an old, like a pre-existing mythology that was borrowed, but it seems like it was something that's just created. Anyway, this is for um, sort of a a Jack Frost-like demon called the Judderman, and the Judderman. makes people drink Mets schnapps in a very scary way. Uh, it's a little unclear to me what the selling point of that is. Um, but it begins, it's these sort of black and white or almost sepia-toned uh, images that begin with the Judder Man, who's this, again, as I said, like sort of a Jack Frost-type character, sort of demon-like. Um, and it begins like it's a little puppet show, mm-hmm. but then it transitions into um, a real actor playing the real actors playing the characters. Um, in this one, the Judderman uh, yeah, comes up to a, a traveler who's going through the forest. Okay. Beware the Judderman, my dear, when the moon is fat. Sharp of tongue and spindle-limbed he is, and cunning. With sweetened talk of schnapps and mats and the deliciousness of judders. But schnapps, though sweet, has teeth, my love, and sharpened ones at that. Beware the judder man, my dear, when the moon is fat. And then at the end of the the little uh, story, when the Judder Man has sort of seduced this forest traveler into drinking the schnapps, um, he yeah, we he, we pull back to realize that now the 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 forest traveler has become a puppet controlled by the Judder Man, which sounds like a really terrifying uh indictment of their product frankly it really does and it's like it really i can't describe it it's all like the sapia toned 
um, like you're inside of an old-fashioned marionette puppet yeah, show, kind a, of like a ro- of, like roadside show. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tim Burton-esque quality to the yeah. anim- to, to the to the filmmaking and the animations, uh, like a, almost a stop motion. It's really strange, and and as you heard, the voiceover is hard to understand, um, but it's basically talking about beware the Judder Man and. He's going to give you stops, I guess. Yeah, and the drink, I looked it up because I had never heard of this. They call it an Elka Pop. I think it's like a Zima. Yeah, schnapps forward Zima. Schnapps forward Zima, yes. (laughs) That's how how I would order. (laughs) Do you have a schnapps forward Zima? And apparently this was big in the 1990s. I don't know if it was big here. Like you say, maybe it was just in England. I don't know. This might have been a good candidate for is this postmodern. Oh, interesting. In the sense that it's almost like uh, it's almost off-putting. Yes, you know, and, and it does have that very. There is a '90s huh. quality to it that's hard to, hard to define. But I feel like it's definitely there. Hmm, that's interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that because it's not. It's not necessarily meta, which is what I always go to. I confuse meta and postmodern kind of too often. Well, I mean, there's that's an element of it, I think. But it's I. I think the the way in which this is sort of aggressively, um, sort of. Uh, Almost anti-advertising, or almost anti-the product. Weirdly, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it makes me, it leaves me with a bad feeling about the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they did a whole campaign with this Judderman, um, all sort of in that weird netherworld space between uh, puppetry and real life. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you just keep on wanting to sing that um, Pearl Jam song? Can't stop the bu- Judderman. I don't even know what song I'm doing, but I just every time you say Judderman, I just want to sing, "Can't stop the Judderman." Well, that's not the lyrics. None of those are the lyrics okay. to "Better Man," which is oh, the song better you're man. Of. Can't find a better man, right? Um, Can't find the Judderman. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, if Weird Al Yankovic wants to do a parody song of right. a two and a half decade old Pearl Jam song that that also invokes um, a through a two and a half decade old. Foreign commercial foreign for commercial a drink for, that nobody knows about. I'm for just saying, forward Zima. I'm willing to consider loaning out the license on that. Yeah. Now. Okay. Well, um, so, do you want to watch any more in this campaign? They're a little bit. They're they're sort of lost, I think, on the listening audience. Yeah, but sure. I will post the links to our Facebook page. Can I play one more for you that I found for the same product, but is a very different vibe? It's it's a very different vibe, but still horrifying. Sure. So in this one, we see some sort of a. a so it's it's it feels very 90s, but it feels like the 90s doing sort of a 60s mod scene, if that makes sense. So we see a bunch of people in kind of this uh, kind of open space, classy, loungy kind of place. Right. And there's these three, a high end bar. Yes. And there's these three women and they walk up to the bar and the bartender's a weirdo who starts by referring to them as gentlemen and then goes on this whole uh, Mets Pitch. Just take a listen. I'm doing a terrible job of describing it. Hopefully, you'll understand why. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, so they all took a sip of their Mets, and then their faces kind of distorted a little bit, almost like a chill went through the room. Um, but you could almost see that, their, that the skin on their faces was distorted for a minute, and they're all trying to figure out what just happened. Cold. Gentlemen, let me explain. I'm a freelance scientist. It's technically known as a judder. When the chill filtered snaps in Mets is served just above freezing, it kind of monkeys around with the body's periodontal atrium. I think you just heard my first judder. Now we're starting to see 
people around the club and they're taking sips of this, sometimes it'll flash to, so we can see the skeleton inside their body. Their faces are deformed. A couple of older ladies are drinking it. And she says, I think I just got my first Judda. Judder. Judder. Yeah, because like now, it, now it's all coming together. The Judder man. Gives you shutters. Gives you the judders. Right, which is like the shutters, only the judders. Yeah. Okay. But they're like calling it some specific thing that they made up. Right, okay. Served just above freezing. It kind of monkeys around with the body's periodontal atrium. I think I just heard my first judder. Ah, best of all, it's totally humane. Well, almost. <laughs> It says the schnapps delivery system. Yeah, they're which, very who into needs this. That? They're very into this judder that they've made up. Yes, and they really uh, clearly enjoy being on some sort of fringe. Can't find the judderman. <laughs> no, uh, you have one more here that I don't think I've seen. Um, this one. Phones for you is very upsetting, and I think needlessly. Okay. Um. There's a woman who comes. She's she's carrying a bunch of shopping bags. Um, a an elevator door opens on what is clearly an underground parking garage. She's walking through the parking garage, which is you know famously a place where scary shit goes down, especially for women who are by themselves. Who are by themselves. Um, don't worry, this isn't going to turn into a sexual violence. Just regular violence. But it is. But it is like we are so. I you know I don't know if it's from. The media, like from like watching things like The Sopranos or whatever, like whenever you see a woman on TV walking through an empty parking garage, yeah. like that's bad. That's bad. She's walking through this empty parking garage and then horror movie like a little girl in like an old fashioned dress who looks very, you know, pale and and weird kind of flashes on the screen for a minute just out of sight, just out of her peripheral vision. She turns around. She's spooked. She starts running to her car. She gets into her car, and then the little girl appears right next to her window. She sees the girl, but then she's gone. She's running. Now, she sees the little girl again. She gets in the car. Hello. The Samsung Toko Icon is only $59.95 on pay-as-you-go. Phones for you. Missing our deals will haunt you. More British scary More shit. More British scary shit. The What's with them? The little ghost girl says uh, their phones are only whatever, whatever cost. Uh, missing our phones will haunt you. Mm. Too scary. Too scary. Too needlessly scary. Needlessly scary. Um... You know, while we're on the subject, we'll move on to the Ed Council because there's a lot of good stuff in there. But I wanted to talk. I've been thinking about this for the past few weeks, actually. I can't remember if we mentioned Geico Ween on the show specifically recently. I don't think we, have we? Uh, not in any depth, I don't think. We might have alluded to it. I think this started, or it started to be noticeable last Halloween. Geico brought back some of their because they have you know just thousands of commercials at this point and they started bringing back some of their scarier commercials right. and airing them during Dolls Halloween. In the attic. Yeah, and then they made some new ones like the the uh you see uh, a man up in his new attic of a house he just bought but it's really creepy there's like just really creepy dolls having yeah, a doll party. Yeah, exactly. Said. Yeah, just 
in case people hadn't seen that exact commercial. And that one has the Geico uh, gecko in it. And then there are ones where there's like Casper the ghost watching TV with a couple. And that's terrible. But they're labeling them all geico Yeah, there's the one now. where the, the roommate turns, uh, the old woman turns one of the roommates into a cat. Exactly. The best of the best, I would say. Yeah. Right. But I think you and I were talking just while we were watching TV the, TV the other day that like geico Ween kind of doesn't work for a lot of the commercials aren't good the casper one especially is terrible um and i was like yeah stop trying to make geico ween a thing but like now after i don't know maybe three or four weeks of seeing (laughs) them and also hearing radio versions of them i still don't think that the bad commercials are better but I can see a future for Geico Ween, and I appreciate what they're going for here. Like, as an ad thing, like, we're a company that just produces tons and tons of tons of ads. What if we just try to take, like, what if we try to make Geico Ween a thing and just mm-hmm. jam it down people's throats? It's like, on the podcast I listen to, I hear, like, four Geico Ween commercials a day. You see them all over TV. I'll actually play. Are you interested in hearing one of the radio ones? Sure. Because it's not like a... It's not like one of those things where they just take the TV version and and try to make it um, work for radio. They actually created a, a special radio commercial here. And actually, we heard a clip of it at the beginning of the show. Here, I'll play the whole thing. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and... <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with Geico, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your no, car insurance. I don't, I don't think it is. No. Anyway, I don't particularly like that commercial. I've been hearing it so many times, I really hate it now. <laughs> but I am kind of interested in this idea of five years from now, will we almost look forward to the tradition of Geico Ween? Because commercials can do that, right? They have the power of doing that, of like kind of creating their own sure. cultural gravity. There are some there are some holiday commercials that people kind of look forward to, or at least are they are signifiers that everybody broadly recognizes. I was thinking, like, did they just throw a dart at a like, did they just throw a dart at a uh, at a at the holidays and decide on Halloween? But then I was like, well, what would work better? Thanksgiving's very fraught, um, I think, increasingly so because of our our treatment of uh, Native people and like that, the whole like. I just think it's a difficult thing. You don't want to be having like people dressing up like pilgrims and Indians, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Christmas is oversaturated, and also it's a religious holiday. And there's already people who yeah. have those traditions, yeah. Yeah. And also Halloween is like, it's still, you know, it's had a huge resurgence in our adulthood as being something that is for adults as well. And so it just seemed like it seems pretty seems pretty clear, at least in hindsight, that this would be fertile ground for them. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot. There's a lot. To, there are a lot of, it's very meme, memeable. Yes, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they like, sort of own that territory in a weird way you know 
in a few years from now if we like think about it differently if we yeah. really associate them with the holiday especially i think if they get a little bit better too but yeah I, there was something about when i started hearing it over and over and over in my podcast feed i was kind of like wow they're really kind of flooding the zone on this yeah. and there, there are no other geico commercials airing that i've seen um and so i've seen I, some are they oh no you know what i'm sorry i'm thinking of progressive yeah good job yeah yeah that um, definitely wasn't flow on a geico wing commercial <laughs> so anyway i uh you know, I will take a wait and see approach, but it seemed worth noting because someday we may look back and not even be able to remember when Geico Ween wasn't there. <laughs> That'll be. But um, I, I don't know if I'll live to see it, but maybe <laughs> maybe our children's children. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Saw some stuff on the Facebook page worth sharing. Yes. Thank you to listener Krista, who sent in this super weird commercial. She asked, uh, I'm not sure if this weird commercial has already been discussed, but my boss referenced it this morning and I had to share. It has not been discussed or seen by me. I don't know if you've seen this before, Andrew. This is wild as fuck. This is for uh, some sort of like... Uh, online gambling thing called Slotomania, online mm-hmm. gambling game. Okay. And it is told through the experience of a finger uh, because your finger is the thing that plays on a phone. Oh. But the finger is played by John Goodman, the actor. R- the real John Goodman? The real John Goodman. And so you have this horrifying like a he's it's a finger but he's like his face is on top of the finger and it's a close up of him telling you the story of his life as a finger i'm just seeing the visuals for the first time and well they start off horrifying it starts off with him coming out of a nose yes. that is being picked he's been, by him he's being he's picking a nose will the with his face i can't set this up more than that cuz i haven't seen this will the voiceover explain what's going on I'll I'll walk you through it. It kind of he he sort of laments what it's like to be a finger, and we see him experiencing all the things that fingers generally do. You know, mm-hmm. um, from nose picking to elevator button pushing. Is there a bowling scene? I can't remember if there's a bowling scene. I just think my finger is going into a bowling ball. My life is awesome, but it wasn't always that way. <sighs> Ugh. I've been to some dark places. Oh, we see him being wrapped up with toilet paper. Yeah. Because he's got a job to do. Yeah. Ah! Dark, dark places. He's inside a rubber glove. He's Wasting my day near a chopping knife. Buttons, or more like depressing buttons. But then, one day, I thought to myself, yeah, another slow, boring thing. What's it? Slotomania? Finally, excitement! Slotomania makes every day fantastic. You never know what will today spin. A new free slot game? A huge jackpot win? Or even a new friend for life? Never knowing what's coming. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is excitement. So yeah, my life is awesome. Download Slotomania now. The number one free slot game. And find out what will today spin. That is so weird and so wrong. I have a couple of theories. One, this is like that Billy Corgan wrestling commercial for a furniture store where someone just like 
knew how to get to John Goodman and like pitched him on this super weird thing. Someone knew how to get to John Goodman and knew how to get him drunk. Yes. Or um, he's like trying to... He's trying to like one up Nicolas Cage it for, feels, for weirdness. Yes. And or also, those, also like Nicolas Cage, he's in debt. Yes. Um, he might be being blackmailed. Um, this had the feel of one of those Nicolas Cage Japanese commercials. Yeah. For like Pachinko. Yeah. Um, no, it's super weird. It's very unpleasant, in my opinion. So this was posted to YouTube just two weeks ago. The one that so I'm wondering if anybody's done any writing about this or anything. It's bizarre. Wow. I I am so grateful to you, Krista, for bringing this to our attention. This is a wild. That is. I mean, upsetting. to the point where I was like, "Am I crazy? Like, maybe that's not John Goodman. Maybe right. it just seems like seems really seems like him because it seems so crazy to be him." The voice, yeah. The once you hear the voice, it's there's no doubt about it. But yeah, there are some. Um, uh, articles being written about this. I'm looking at the AV Club right now, but I'm lest you think that Goodman would only approach this role with a grudging professionalism. Um, think again, essentially. Okay, I'm not. I'm not sure what's going on. They don't have any insight. They're just speculating They're just the like, same way we are. This is wild. Um, but anyway, yeah, that is wild. Somebody get us some answers. What? Do, somebody's got something on John Goodman, right? Something. There is. There is some, I mean, there is a lot written about this, and I, I guess a simple Google would have uh, allowed me to find these articles too, but it is really weird. It is really weird. Um, I guess the Connors is not going as well as we thought it was. Is that show still on? I thought it was after Roseanne. Well, even if the Connors is tanking, like, yeah. John He's Goodman fine. is yeah. a very respected actor who gets plenty of work. Like, I, this is so strange. Um, I was just proud of myself for remembering the Connors. That's I don't get a lot of cultural reference points. <laughs> Good. Well, I don't know if that's like the one you want to hang your hat on, but I just when you've my, only got one hook, you hang your hat on it. <laughs> I just think it's so strange, and I think it's a weird product too for him to endorse. Like it feels so trashy. It does. Yes, it feels it feels trashy, and also just like again, like it's gross as hell. Like the the finger coming out of the nose, and then immediately implied that it's going to go up a butt. Yeah. Well, and also who, up a butt. Well, the way they were showing it was they were trying to keep they were trying to show his face, where they start like wrapping toilet paper around the <laughs> yeah, hand with the finger sticking out. It's an unconventional out. strategy, <laughs> <Yes>. let's say. <laughs> well put. Um, but I think that's hopefully more of just a. a a prop uh, management issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's super gross. Um, so moving on. Uh, this is from listener Courtney, uh, who shared an ad from Pierce County in our in our neck of the woods, oh, yeah. uh, down in Tacoma. Um, that's encouraging people to be masked. She said, "I wish I would love it if my community ran ads like this." Hmm, I wonder where Courtney's from. Um, well, I can tell you where she's from because we went to high school together. Oh, okay, gotcha. Where, so not she's sure. not she's not in Pierce County. Clearly, she's, I don't think she's in Pierce County. Okay, gotcha. Um, so I actually love this. It's very cute, but I will say, like, man alive, like the Pacific Northwest does really not have a lot of ideas for like creative directions. We've got like a one, and it's a Sasquatch. And it's a Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's going on in this? It's a very cute little animation style, like just these very simple drawings, brightly colored, um, and a, a Sasquatch or Masquatch comes out into a the frame. Masquatch. Deep in the heart of the Northwest resides the legendary Masquatch. Physical distancing comes naturally to the Masquatch. But he remains vigilant, for he never knows when man might encroach on his territory. 
Though the Maskwatch finds the outside world strange and even troublesome, he is a responsible beast whose instinct is to protect others. You can be a legend too. Mask up, Pierce County. They did, did not overspend on the voice. I was going to say, does, Pierce, does no one in Pierce County have access to even the most rudimentary recording studio? Because it oh, sounds like it was recorded on an iPhone. I know. And a lot of people are saying, you know, like, well, because of COVID, we have to do new things. Yeah. But like, no. you can afford a, just a microphone like what I have. Pierce <laughs> County, spend $100 on a microphone. <laughs> and hopefully they're not listening. But I don't know. I'm for hire. I would have done that voiceover. Exactly, yeah. Um, but I still have a, a question. I, I also don't quite understand what's going on. So they're illustrating things like keep six feet away by there's like a, a human being in the cartoon who's trying to take photos of the Sasquatch, that mm-hmm. obviously being the, the main Sasquatch trope. But like they show that the photographer stays six feet away. That makes sense. Well, the Sasquatch stays six feet away. Okay, sorry. Yeah. The photographer is a, an anti-masker. Oh, yeah. Why is the photographer not wearing a mask? He's an evil anti-masker. But how about this? So then later on in the commercial, we see a, a stump like a, in the woods, a tree stump. And on it is what is, I guess, supposed to be a pump bottle of hand sanitizer. Yep. And then the Sasquatch, at this point, at this point of the voiceover... Though the Masquatch finds the outside world strange and even troublesome, he is a responsible beast. So as that is happening, the Sasquatch walks up to the stump and leaves a roll of toilet paper next to the hand sanitizer and then slowly backs away as the human anti-masker walks up to the stump. What's going on there? Why the toilet paper? Yeah. Is it just like, I'm helping you so you can poop in the woods, guy? I took it to be like... Dry your hands with after you put the hand sanitizer on you it. You think that that might be paper towels? If so, it's a little unclear. It also could be a reference to the fact that it's hard to get toilet paper in the pandemic, right? Which is just yeah, it's a strange. I think it's just it just feels like something they needed to have like an action for the I guess so, for the Sasquatch yeah. to do. I don't know why he didn't just put the hand sanitizer down. I yeah, I feel this to be pretty confusing. Um, it's amazing how the toilet paper crisis. I mean, who knows? We're still, you know, clawing our way out of this thing and still trying to figure out what's going to happen. So supply lines could get clogged again. But the toilet paper jokes, there's a commercial for, I want to say Simply Safe that's running right now. Mm-hmm. It's the one that has as their spokesperson a burglar who right. like always wears his We've talked about burglary it. mask uh, at home. And he's like, take it from me. You need Simply Safe. Um, and in it, there's a joke about like, oh, Simply Safe will help you keep your stuff safe, whatever it may be. And then we see him like sneakily locking up his toilet paper. And I just sort of feel like that seems like ages ago now. Well, it does, although time has really, uh, time is doing some strange things, I think. True. There's another ad that's running right now with Captain Obvious, where Captain Obvious, uh, this is the, uh, I think it's Expedia. I don't think it's Expedia. No. It's like, it's, it is a travel site. I can't remember which one. Um, 2020 Captain Obvious travels back in time to 2019 Captain Obvious and they have a conversation with each other and one of the things that 2020 Captain Obvious says is it's chaos there's no toilet paper and you know like why don't you just find Uh it actually okay sure it's hotels.com hotels.com and uh, toilet paper is the probably just do like time travel okay let me see if we can find this 
And it's interesting while I stall here while I find this, um, it's also interesting how, and we've talked about this a little bit, I know, how websites like that are completely based on the travel industry are still like just want to stay present in our lives even though we're not really booking trips right now. Is this it here? Yeah. Who are you? You're so me. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I'm you from the future, here to warn you about 2020. Can't be that bad, right? Let's just say it gets a bit dramatic. There's no toilet paper, no hand sanitizer, or sports. Oh, and trips were canceled. What? Listen! <laughs> just choose free cancellation on Hotels.com because no one knows what mm. the future holds. Anything else? We're bald. <laughs> Have you really not seen that? I haven't seen it. It's, it's a in heavy good, rotation. It's a good ending. Yeah. Another funny joke. And I don't really like this campaign that much, but another funny joke is we live in 2020. We know what it looks like here. Yet, <laughs> Captain Obvious from 2020 is dressed like a, kind of like a space age futuristic tinfoil right. outfit. He's got like the silver lame with the big, with the big crazy uh, like shoulder. Uh, wings on but the thing is and maybe this is your point is all of those references don't make sense now like it's so specific like they're for better or for worse probably for worse if anything the conversation is that there's too much sports happening all at once yeah. because of the, the and the hand sanitizer is all over the place now things are just moving so quickly that mm -hmm. they probably made this um, two months ago. It looks like they posted it uh, to their own YouTube on September 14th yeah but so, so they had probably to have made then. it yeah. in the you know you know, assuming even a really pretty quick turnaround time, they yeah. would have made it in the late summer when maybe some of those things were still happening. I think yeah. sports were, were just getting started then. Um, that is that is interesting, though. Um, but I also think like, yeah, those aren't specific things right now. Like it's not hard to get toilet paper. There is sports on. But we will think of this time when we really when we look back on it. One of the things we'll remember about it will be those kinds of moments, like how it was scary and hard to get certain supplies and how like a bunch of sports seasons were very disrupted yes but that's not the job of this commercial i feel like i don't know i mean we aren't traveling very much i mean like i mean i don't want to like I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for it but i think it's sort of writ large i maybe i would have written it differently like 2020 is absolutely chaotic and i think there are other ways more sort of enduring ways you can talk about that chaos although one of them is like you know a lot of it's like trump driven right which yeah, you can't talk right. about in an and ad that's different yeah and, and i mean this is like you you i give them credit for going for it and being like well we got to get we got to get something out there but yeah things are moving so fast and and this is a very distorted very specific point of view but not a unique point of view from me which is if you're going to air this and maybe the reason i haven't seen this is 90 percent of what i'm watching on tv right now is sports like all at once like are you going to play this during the nba finals that just ended are you <laughs> right. going to play this during the mlb playoffs which is happening right now are you going to play this during the football season which is happening very intensely right now right. and there's so much football on ironic TV. it's just like there's constantly sports on tv to the degree that they can't find room for all of it they're putting baseball games on at 10 o'clock in the morning east coast or no west coast time um to jam all the sports in there yeah. so it just sort of seems like we're choking on sports if i was watching one of those things and you played this ad i'd be like what do you mean there are no sports yeah. but i understand it is time travel so they cover their asses a little bit with that right, right? like so this is this is uh april exactly uh, 2020 um guy okay uh shoot we are running along what time is it gina um oh is it jingle time
time to let it ring out we always have time to let it ring out <laughs> okay so we're going to set this up a little bit we got an email from mike but before i read his email directly let me say that there was a video making the rounds the past few days it's a youtube video by a couple of youtubers um they're, they're called vlog brothers i think they're pretty famous i just don't watch that kind of content that much. Uh, their name is John and Hank Green. I think I've been around for a while. And this particular video breaks apart a Rax commercial from the 1990s. Do you remember Rax, the chain of fast food restaurants? I don't, know. You don't, really? I wonder if they weren't local to me. They might have been in certain regions. And well, here, actually, I will let, I, I pulled a couple of pieces of tape. Now, this is like a five-minute or less little video by Vlogbrothers. So I, so I hesitate a little bit to use too much of their tape, although I think I'm going to. So, um, you know, number one. We've talked one, about this before. It's a roast beef company. Y yes, yeah, that was one of their incarnations. They definitely yeah. weren't something I experienced, but I, I remember you saying you had. Basically, and I think they'll set it up here, they, Rax didn't know what they wanted to be. It, sometimes they were like an Arby's. Other times they were like really leaning on the chicken sandwiches here. I'll let, I'll let Vlog Brothers explain this. Rax was a roast beef place like oh, Arby's, except that it was constantly undergoing identity crises and it had no idea what it wanted to be. Mostly in their advertising, they just wanted to make the case that they somehow weren't like the other major fast food chains. Here's one of the most successful attempts to do that, implying people are oppressed because they can only get one kind of chicken sandwich. At Rax, you can get an eeny, meeny, and a miny. Eeny, meeny, and miny. Where's Mo? There ain't no Mo. Okay, so then Vlogbrothers go on to talk about some of the other commercials for Racks in the 90s, and they're saying that they're all terrible. I actually don't know if they're all terrible. I, I actually found them kind of entertaining, but let's skip ahead to the point of this video that they've released, which is the final big Racks campaign, which airs right before the company all but goes under. It still exists. I think they, they, they used to have like something like 600 restaurants. Now they're down to literally eight in oh, the wow. country. Um, but they... Blockbuster would kill for that right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, these guys blame the final campaign. They went all in on the worst idea ever. Mr. Delicious. Hello, I'm Mr. Delicious, the new spokesman for Rax Restaurants. My job? to encourage you to enjoy tasty, affordable meals in a more mature dining environment. He's like a low-energy Rodney Dangerfield. He is a sad man. And that vacation he took to Bora Bora with those two young friends, well, that left Mr. Delicious feeling empty and unfulfilled. No, you need to explain. Mr. Delicious just had some rather delicate surgery. If there's no change, he doesn't have to squirm so much to put it back in his pocket. Did we just hear about Mr. Delicious's vasectomy? Because his analyst charges a lot to keep Mr. D's hostility all locked up. Wait, what? And Mr. Delicious always carries his briefcase. Mr. D, what's in the briefcase? And all of this is paired with the worst or possibly best tagline in all of fast food history. Rex, you can eat here. So, <laughs> right? And they even go on to say right after that tape, like maybe, like this is all, they don't use the word postmodern, but it is maybe kind of a meta statement yeah. on advertising. Like they have the anti spokesperson sort of, and this just like very plain, like you can eat here yeah. catchphrase. Okay, which, cola. And again, this is 90s, right? Yeah. So it's that okay, cola vibe again. Anyway, I think the uh, video is worth watching. Again, it's five minutes of your time, and we just played uh, a minute and a half of it. So uh, go give those guys the click so you can look for Vlog Brothers on YouTube. But 
listener Mike says, I fell into a bit of a YouTube rabbit hole today after seeing that video, and I wound up watching a bunch of old commercials for Racks. Their ads are kind of bonkers and feature a few different songs, but one of them really cracked me up. So here's my rendition. I hope this works for you. So Genevieve, it is indeed jingle time in America. Take it away, Mike. Hey, Andrew and Genevieve. Uh, I've got a jingle for you today. It's for a fast food chain from the 80s that... I've never actually heard of until today, but I just heard this jingle and thought it was perfect for the show. So here it goes. I saw a new sign on the same old place. Had a new hamburger with the same old taste. It wouldn't seem new to me because I'm tired of the same old thing. The same old way. Come on and hold me. <laughs> that come on and hold me cracks me up every time. I don't know why. All right. That's all I got. That is amazing. That is great. Also, am I having, did I take stupid pills today, but I don't understand the logic. I don't understand the story of those lyrics. Here, let me play the original one for you. I saw a new sign on the same old place. Had a new hamburger with the same old taste. It wouldn't seem new to me because I'm tired of the same old thing. The same old way. Come on and hold me. Me in a brand new way. Just thrill me. Finally, a fast food place with something different for dinner. I want you to love me, be in a brand new way. I want you to squeeze me, be in a brand new way. At the new Rack's Dinner Bar, you create your own. First, hot pastas and sauces, then hot veggies, lots of Mexican, soups, salads, and desserts, all you can eat, all for one price. It's not just regular fast food for dinner, it's fast food with style. They keep showing people eating spaghetti. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. And they're this giant. That looks awful. And they have this giant uh, like salad bar or food bar. And they just kept showing foods that really have no business being on a plate together. Yes. And just it just made my it made me feel the opposite of hungry. Now the funny thing is is I remember Rack's restaurants, but only to a degree, and they give me a warm, familiar feeling because. To me, we only saw racks when we were on road trips. Yeah. They were always along the side of a highway. So if I saw a, a racks or a Roy Rogers. It Roy meant, Rogers yeah. is like that for me. Yeah. Yep. So anyway. That looks gross. If you had asked me what racks was, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, fast food place. I would have even probably said burgers. I didn't even remember that uh, they had the kind of the roast beef thing, but then they tried to reinvent themselves. That particular commercial we just heard was from 1988. Um do we have time for one more jingle, Genevieve? Let's do one more. Okay, cool. And then we'll have to save some of this ad counselor uh, stuff for another day. Here, this came from, oh, someone who didn't leave their name. But it's not because they're embarrassed, I hope, because this is pretty good. Hi there. I can't remember if it was you guys, but I think it was probably a TBTL that got off on a tangent about cookies. And now I'm sitting here eating a Fig Newton, and I remember that I never did call in with the jingle that that jogged loose in my brain. So we'll give it a shot. Ooey, chewy, rich and gooey inside. Golden flaky, tender, cakey outside. Wrap the inside in the outside. It's so good. Darn tootin'. It's a big, big Newton. 
Anyway, I used to like Big Newtons <laughs> when I was a kid. I still kind of do, but I don't buy them. Thanks. See ya. That makes me want a Fig Newton. Just the words. That's yes. all it takes. I saw them I in the store the other day, and I almost bought some. And I was like, what are you doing? You're probably just shopping hungry again. Yeah, I've been shopping hungry a lot. The Fig Newton song is great. It's one we've, I feel like we may have talked about it before because I have this vague memory of uh, the original. Yes, here it is. You pulled it up. Yes, I didn't remember this until I saw the commercial. I'm like, oh, we've talked about this. This is that weird, weird commercial that, from like the, the person, 70s, The character 80s? who sings that song is this guy who's in a great big yellow fig costume. And it's like, yeah. And he's very like, he's very sort of like uh, campy about it. And he's on a stage somewhere yeah. with like, it, the the stage is almost like a 1960s era stage, it looks like, with uh, like kind of these round pedestals on the ground and then round spotlights accentuating it. And this, you know, janky fig costumed guy comes walking up center stage. Hi, gang. <laughs> Big fig here with that great new dance, the Newton. <laughs> Hit it, Hal. Gooey, gooey, rich and chewy inside. Golden, flaky, tender, cakey outside. Wrap the inside in the outside. Is it good? Darn tootin' showing the big, big Newton. Here's the tricky part. The big, big Newton. One more time. The big, big Newton. Got to get me some of those. What era do you think that is? I don't know, but they need to bring this back. They need to somehow yes. reboot this because this is... The camp value and the like, the fun of it is so great. Mm-hmm. It holds up really well. Yes, yeah. Also, it works because now we I'm all want probably, fig newtons. <laughs> probably gonna go get myself some fig newtons. All right, uh, are we out of here? Let's get out of here. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right. How can people get at us? You can get at us on the Facebook group. Come and join the Facebook group. It's great. As you can hear, there's a ton of content there that uh, we can't get to all of it on the show. So so come there and meet the other uh, ad counselors. You can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail. You can call us at 607 444 And I hope we didn't scare you too much tonight. <laughs> yeah, sleep tight. We'll talk to you guys next week. Plus I wrote all of my rhymes in cuneiform Hella years ago, BC, you better be informed If you don't get it, get a computer and Google it If you find out all the reasons we the shit, then you the shit Yeah, pooping on the track, call me doodle